everyone and welcome to Coach's Corner. So there seems to be a theme emerging this past few weeks with the Coach's Corner and the podcast in love and relationships. And honestly, I didn't plan it, but I think it's because we're in the enrollment process for Be The Queen, which is all about calling in an epic relationship. And Steph and I are in the works of planning our first relationship course. So stay tuned for that. So I think because we're just in the energy of that, that seems to be the theme. Also, we're just coming out of a planetary alignment where relationship and conflict and communication and intensity was really up. And 2020 with everything that's gone on, I think has been challenging on a lot of relationships. And The last episode that I did on Coach's Corner was for single people. And so this week I wanted to do something more for couples. And it just so happened that a good friend and colleague of mine, Jason Gaddis, reached out to me and asked if I wanted to have a duo couples conversation. Me and my husband talked to him and his wife about all things relationship. And so this is going to air on my podcast, obviously, and it's also going to air on Jason's podcast as well. So let me tell you a little bit about Jason and Ellen. They've both been on the show individually, but I've never had them on the show together. And Jason was on several years ago talking about relationships and navigating relationship. And Ellen was on not even quite a year ago talking about the various attachment styles. So you've gotten a little dose of them, but I'm excited to share more of their magic with you. So Jason is an author, podcaster, speaker, and entrepreneur. He's the founder of The Relationship School, an impact-based company dedicated to helping people work out their differences and have fulfilling long-term partnerships. And I can personally attest to this because someone very close to me went through The Relationship School and she just had such an incredible experience with it. So Jason's really, really doing some great work in this. He founded the Relationship School as the creator of interpersonal intelligence and present-centered relationship coaching. He trains people from around the world how to be effective relational leaders and coaches. He's been married to his amazing wife since 2007 and have two beautiful kids. They live in Boulder, Colorado. Ellen Bader is a psychotherapist and coach for couples. She's been interested in how relationships actually work for as long as she can remember, studying with innovative researchers and cutting-edge practitioners in the fields of psychology, relationships, and also yoga for over 20 years has helped her integrate her approach to working with people in a sensitive, straightforward, deeply informed, and embodied way. The most high-level training she does is at home with her husband and two children as she finds her way through the raw, real, and beautiful experience of being deeply intertwined with others. She's a faculty member for the Relationship School, a longtime yoga practitioner, and writes a blog that incorporates her studies in psychology with her life experience as a mother called Rearrange by Motherhood. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation with Jason and Ellen. Just a heads up before we dive in, this podcast is going to air on both my podcast and Jason's podcast. And so in the beginning, Jason asked us how we met. I know a lot of you that are longtime listeners know that story. You're probably bored by that story. So you can just press advance as we go through that part. Or maybe you want to hear the story again. It's a pretty good story. Before we dive in, I want to talk to you about one of my favorite, favorite companies. I'm seriously obsessed with them. I have their products almost daily. Whenever I'm traveling, they go with me. It is Organifi. It's a line of organic superfood blends that offers plant-based nutrition made with super high quality ingredients, 
I can vouch for that. I know the owners. I know the company. It's a really, really good company. Each Organifi blend is science-backed to craft the most effective doses with ingredients that are organic and free of fillers and contain less than three grams of sugar per serving, like their Organifi green juice with essential superfoods and a clinical dose of ashwagandha. Helps reduce stress and support healthy cortisol levels. Or Organifi Gold, a superfood tea, one of my personal favorites, that supports rest and relaxation so you can wake up feeling refreshed. Each Organifi blend is easy to use by simply mixing it with water or your favorite beverage while on the go. Now, there are a lot of quote-unquote healthy products in the grocery store. I see these green packets and healthy things, and then I look at the ingredients and read the ingredients, and I'm so disappointed because I see things like cane sugar or other fillers or words I can't pronounce. You won't find those in Organifi products. One of my favorite new products that they have is called Harmony. So Harmony combines 12 superfood ingredients into a delicious cacao, my favorite, and chocolate-favored superfood blend that can not only help PMS symptoms like bloating, fatigue, and mood swings, but also promotes better balanced hormones every day for improved women's health. It's a guilt-free indulgence of delicious cacao and chocolate-flavored superfood blends, which will satisfy your cravings all month long. And guys, like, this applies to you too, even though you don't have PMS. Although sometimes I swear stuff is having PMS at the same time I did. Maybe it's like sympathy or empathy PMS. Harmony was formulated by women for women with traditional herbs proven to support symptoms of PMS and a healthy cycle, such as chaseberry and shatavari. It aids in fighting fatigue. It contains energizing and mood-supporting adaptogens, and it lasts all month. You get 30 servings. So here's the deal. Most women I know suffer with some kind of PMS. We try so many things to make it better. Why not a delicious chocolate superfood drink? I mean, come on. I love this stuff. It tastes so, so good. So Harmony isn't just for your time of the month. Harmony contains a daily dose of balancing herbs that supports your well-being all month long. So here's what you do. Go to Organifi.com slash over it for 20% off any item in the store. That's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash over it and use code over it for 20% off any item. Organifi.com slash over it. Use code over it for 20% off any item. And now on to our conversation with Ellen and Jason. Maybe we could start with um, just a question I have, which is tell us about uh, how you two got together. So we're educated. Your listeners probably already know this, but <laughs> just a, the short version is cool. And, um, and kind of what your I don't know what your relationship means. You know, like mm. you, how do you orient being mm. a couple? Do you have a defining thing or a, or theme or something? Yeah. Purpose. Yeah. Yeah. I'll answer the first part. You can answer the second yeah, part. Yeah. Okay. So the short story of the very long story of how we got together, other than it was like somehow divinely orchestrated is I was living in San Diego. He was living in Perth, Australia. I saw his picture on my friend's husband's computer screen when I was over there for dinner, <laughs> thought I recognized him, even though we'd never met. It was a soul recognition. She said, hey, he's pretty great. Do you want an introduction? Because you guys are both going to be in Europe this summer <clears> at the same time. I said, I don't know. He's probably one of those 
good looking, conscious dude who has women on rotation. I'm not really interested in that. And she said, no, I think he's pretty cool. And I said, well, ask him if he's open to a committed relationship. Ask him if he's calling that in. Because I learned the hard way that until someone's really ready, especially a man, really, really wants it, don't bother. So she asked him. He said yes. We were introduced virtually. We had a three-month relationship over WhatsApp, just video Mm -hmm. and talking. And then we met in person in Mykonos, Greece in July of uh, 2018. And we moved in together that day and got legally married about two months later, um, but had our official wedding and ceremony in uh, September of 19. Yeah. (laughs) So it was very, very, very fast to go from not knowing each other to moving in together to getting married. There was no dating, living together for a while. We just went from zero to 100 right off the bat. So cool. Mm -hmm. God, I love that. I love just like all the different ways people can find something awesome. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I mean, for me, when we, the second part of your question around navigating relationship and the meaning of relationship, I spent many years being in ignorance when I was in relationship, an intimate relationship, and then spent a number of years really healing from that and healing the healing myself from the actions that I took as well. And healing in a sense of transforming the old into a new version of myself and what that could look like, into increasing my self-worth and really dealing with my, my traumas of the past. And so having done a lot of that work and being very attentive and aware of that, the years leading up to meeting Christine, our relationship for me, and obviously I can't speak directly for Christine, but for me it's been a real opportunity to put a lot of that into practice. Now I, I was very blessed that I had uh, an opportunity to to be in integrity and be a very healthy person in a relationship before Christine. Um, and then I was single for about 18 months and then I met Christine Um and and that was that was great, but it wasn't. I still I still needed to go through another rite of passage, and then having met Christine and being far more clear on who I was as a person and what I had to offer as well as a man in a relationship, uh, and as a human being to the world in general, the 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 deep deep challenges that we have faced as a couple um, have been really growth promoting. Because in the past I'd run away. I'd either run away by leaving the relationship or I'd run away internally, you know, like I'd shut down and just literally live separate lives, pretend that I'm in the relationship but not really be in the relationship. And so we've both chosen not to not to run from that, not to hide yeah. in the relationship and yeah. really call forward the obvious, speak to the, the, the pink elephant in the room and not run away and not revert back to old convenient patterns of behavior and that's been a a beautiful blessing for me because as a result of that I've expanded tremendously but I've also seen myself be more trustworthy to Christine be safer to Christine knowing that I can make mistakes or say things or do things that aren't necessarily in the best interest of both of us in that moment but know that we can recover from that yeah I think that's a big thing for us and maybe that was why it was set up that we had to get married so early. And and the reason we did is so that we could be in the same country. 
and we were in love. And we talked to eight immigration attorneys hoping that they'd have some loophole in terms of like, <laughs> he could work for my company or like, you know. Um, but they were all just like, well, you guys are so in love, just get married. And it was, I think, great because things got real. Our hardest time was the third month of our relationship. That was the hardest month we've ever had. We've never had one like it because everything came up. And I think because we were on such a fast pace. And if we hadn't had that legal marriage and he couldn't leave the country, we, I don't know, we, one of us could have run. And it was so important for us to see that, wow, we really can work through anything. And I think over time, because I used to get very scared when we have an argument that, you know, it wasn't going to work out, you know, especially because I've been divorced before I go to, oh no, second marriages have a higher divorce rate. And, you know, all those things come in my head and that what I've seen in terms of answer your question, like the purpose of our relationship is a lot of things, but the number one is growth. It's helping both of us grow. It's helping both of us evolve as humans. It's, it's, it's bringing things out. He brings certain things out of me, both positive and negative, um, or both light and shadow that I wouldn't have gotten to on my own. And so in addition to the love and the friendship and the creation and all those things, I would say the number one purpose is, is, is really growth. Yeah. yeah. How about for you guys? Yeah. Yeah. There's so that. much I was thinking about as I was hearing from you guys and growth feels like just so yeah. essential for a long-term relationship, mm-hmm. uh, to be just fun and fulfilling and inspiring. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. thank you for saying that and getting that. And yeah, there's so much about like that. I was thinking like just sort of shutting the door, like getting married, sort of like locked you guys in, in a way that, (laughs) that served you. Right. And there is something about making a commitment like that, that helps kind of, I don't know, helps, helps, helped me not, not run too. Like I, I got to a point with us where I knew I'm like, I need like full, I need marriage. And up until then I'd been like, I don't need to get married. Married is, I don't see any happy married couples. Mm -hmm. I don't see any inspiring marriages. Like, why would I get married? I'd rather have a boyfriend. It seems more fun. It seems more interesting. <laughs> yeah. And, but I did get to a point with Jason too, where I was like, oh no, we, we need to do that. Cause mm-hmm. there's something about that. That's going to just accelerate so much for us and help us drop in deeper. Yeah. You know? Yeah, completely. Yeah. And Steph, I was relating to your story there just in so many levels around uh, running away and shutting down and going inside and not not returning, not coming back. Mm -hmm. Um, I played out many patterns before, before really I was ready to, to be in a relationship with you. And then when I got in a relationship with her, I also tried to run a couple of times. We had like two, we dated, we met in grad school and dated for, I don't know, four years and had like two huge breakups in that time, like over, like moving out, like end of life feelings, you know? And so we, we did, we actually did work through a shit ton before mm-hmm. we got married. Like mm-hmm. we all are, I feel like we did the most of our work in those four years Yeah, as absolutely. a, uh, like just the, the like learning how to find grunt just, work yeah. of like yeah. just, <laughs> just committing to be and, together, all yeah. the things it took for that Yeah, so much. And, but I got to a similar place kind of, I think Christine, when you met Steph, you were like, 
I'm up for a committed relationship and that's it. And, and that's sort of where we got to after a couple of breakups. I was like, I don't ever want to see you again or I want to marry you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's it. That's all I got. And so, yeah. Yeah. Which drew me forward, right? And it got me really clear. Uh, forced me to get very clear. Yeah. And I was like, I haven't looked back, you know, I was like, okay. Yeah. It's just been like, yeah, we've, we haven't ever second guessed it, Mm -hmm. which has been amazing, you know, to not feel like we have to question like, should we, or shouldn't we, or are we, or aren't we like that just hasn't been, we were in that challenge for a few years and then we put that to rest. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What you said about the grunt work, I think is so important. And I see a lot of couples kind of avoid that or push it under the rug. And to me, the grunt work is a lot of the inner child wounding coming out, like so much projection, so much unconscious stuff, all the attachment style being triggered. And, you know, it's one of those things where there is no way around it. And just, you, you got to be willing to do the work. And that's what both of us found is we both individually had to do our work. And it's coming into our relationship after both of us being in the personal development world for decades, we came in a little arrogant. We came in like, we've done so much work on ourselves and (laughs) this relationship is going to be, you know, just so conscious. And we were humbled. (laughs) We were humbled and like, oh, wow, we might've done a lot of work on ourselves. And there's a whole nother layer, layer that comes up in relationship. And it's not fun, you know, and especially I think after you have that honeymoon period to confront all of that, it can really make you question everything. And, but one thing we always said to each other is we're just going to go repeat this with someone else if we don't learn it here. And we might, we really like each other. We really feel committed to each other. We're attracted to each other. We have fun together. There's so much good here. Let's work it out. And I was so grateful, especially as a woman to have a man who was so, especially after dating a lot of emotionally unavailable shut down males, to have a man who was really like willing to get in the dirt with me and Mm -hmm. and do his work and own his stuff. Um, That, you know, even though it wasn't fun to go through, like you said, I think after you go through that, then you know, there's no questioning. Sure, there's arguments, but there's no, should I be in this relationship? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's nice to be fighting about something else. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> you know what fascinates me is the the staying together under volatile circumstances, and and so you know I, I understand the general between us the four of us we understand the general reasons why couples stay together or leave. You know, in terms of their patterns, what they've been exposed to as children, how they've developed a sense of self, all of that. When you reflect back to, you know, that four years where you were volatile with each other mm-hmm. and you had broken up, it, it could have been easier to stay broken up. It could have been easier, oh, yeah. the, you know, the novelty or the excitement of, of novelty could have played a role. But, you know, what specifically for you both, when you reflect back, kept you together? Because when you were telling me, when, when I was hearing you speak to four years together, we had some big, big breakups. I was thinking about, you know, month after physically meeting month three and four and five where we was very intense for us and but we stayed there mm-hmm. and and i get it i get that that you know there was part some some of my shadow that kept me there's it was that competitive side of me well i'm not going anywhere like i've committed to this i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna see this through and i get all that but there's you know beyond karma beyond there's something that holds us there that we can't foresee what's going to happen 15 20 10 30 years from now 
But for you both, you had no commitments. You know, you didn't have children then. You were living your lives. You were, sounds to me, you were pursuing and, and really living in your own integrity. What what kept you together when you could have easily broken up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. God, I mean, part of that's kind of a like. Sometimes I'm like, God, I look at him. I'm like, it's such a miracle we're together. Like, <laughs> I, I really still feel yeah. that way because I I can remember how it just felt like it was ending. You know, those first few years, and I. Anyway, it still feels kind of like a mystery. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think we each have a story around that. Like I would say, I, I feel like what, what like brought us back together in a way after those breakups and like kept us, has kept us together is like, I did something where I realized I just really stepped into what I fully wanted, which was like, I want a full commitment. I want marriage. And like, I really, I had never claimed that I was like Mm -hmm. in my mid thirties. And I was just like, it just had sounded so conventional and traditional (laughs) again. Like I just was not, it wasn't compelling until I really saw that. I'm like, Oh, that's what, that's what I want. That would feel really good to me. And I see the value of that kind of a commitment. And so when I really stepped into that, I was like, you're, you're either going to do that with me or I'm moving on. Mm -hmm. And there was something about, then there was an impact on you. I think, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. It ties right in. Um, yeah, I was thinking the same thing as you were okay. talking Okay, cool. that I was used to dating women who would allow me to sort of play my patterns out mm-hmm. and they wouldn't really take a stand. Right. And so here this woman was finally after a couple of breakups, you just, you know, she put her foot down in a way that I'd never experienced anyone do before. And it, it just, it was like an awakening. It just kind of woke me up mm-hmm. and it also called me into Oh, okay. I could actually lose this person now forever. And I have something so amazing. Why, why on earth would I turn away from, from her and from us? And it was years, really your stepping into yourself mm-hmm. that pulled me into a deeper level of like, oh, okay, let's do it. I'm in. And it, there were other factors, you know, I had some a powerful therapy session. I was on a month long meditation retreat. There was, there's these other variables that I was wrestling with, but mostly it was her your commitment to yourself mm-hmm. and what she wanted and that really pulled me in. Mm, I, love yeah, that. I feel like that was the glue ultimately. Yeah. Was like, right. And, and we had, because I, 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 I like respected you in a completely different way. Now it was like, Whoa, right. I'd never seen you stand in yourself in that way mm-hmm. yeah. or anyone for that matter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It took me a minute. Yeah. <laughs> we also have like really deep shared values around what, the purpose of relationship in our lives. And so there was all this good material that felt so substantial we and, very and real, very aligned, mm-hmm. very different people as individuals, but very aligned around what relationship meant for us in our lives. Mm-hmm. And, and it was like, that was like the last thing we had to do. Like it was a, it was like a developmental piece for me. And then also for you almost mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah. and then, and then we could move forward. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Totally. Totally. I'm curious too how both of you being in the world of therapy, relationship coaching, how that impacts your relationship. Yeah. You mean we have a similar question for you, I think. (laughs) Because it's interesting. You mean um given that we're both 
like to analyze ourselves and each other and other people and other, and other people, people. like professionally you know your work yeah. is therapeutic it's relationship coaching it's all about relationship yeah. dynamics attachment style so you have all this information and that's your life work and then you have your personal relationship yeah yeah okay. yeah totally mm-hmm. i mean it's a constant like high bar i feel like because mm-hmm. i feel like we it wouldn't feel good to either of us to try to do something we're not living, like try to help people with something we don't live. And Mm -hmm. we don't have a perfect relationship. We, whatever that even is, I don't know, but we have, we have our challenges. We have arguments. We have to shit to work through. We're learning all the time, like about like what sometimes feels like really basic things about each other. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, that's how many years in I'm like, just getting this about you. Okay. That's humbling, you know? And And so I feel like, I feel like it helps me be a better partner. Like I, I come Mm -hmm. out of sessions with clients and, you know, or things I'm trainings I'm doing and I'm like, God, I am so grateful for what we have. And I want to keep showing up in the Mm -hmm. best way I can. Like I, it's so in my own service and in ours. So I, I feel like it really supports me to continue to be willing to be challenged here and willing to grow and and Mm -hmm. keep showing up in a good way. I I think it serves us a lot. Big time. Yeah. I'm just a total nerd on growing and developing. And so are you. And and so, uh, it's sort of 24 seven right around here and with our children too, and how we parent and we're constantly like, how can we be better parents? How can we hold our kids in a better way? It's just 24 seven and it feels just right. It's just who we are. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like a thing we try to do. Yeah. And so our work is just a natural extension of that. And it all just sort of works together, you know? Yeah. I feel really grateful. Mm-hmm. That way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. Guys? I'm curious I, about you. You too. You to answer that. <laughs> well, when I'm in an unhealthy place or when I feel disconnected from myself or I'm angry or upset with the world, um, I really shun the, the personal growth, personal development piece. If, if I'm in my arrogance, I don't want to <laughs> know about pain. yeah, yeah or, or my own pain or my own shame. I don't want to know about inner child healing. I don't want to know about the psychodynamics of what's happening within me. And I'm not interested in that. I just want to detach, right? These old patterns that come in. <laughs> but in, in, in uh, you know, attach or aggress. Um, but in, in, a, in a healthy place, very, very much resonate with what you've both said about it's our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we talk about, we live, we breathe growth and expansion and the willingness to explore the unknown within ourselves and within the dynamics of our relationship. And that also excites us. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, it's very exciting for me to unpack something about myself or about Christine or about us that wasn't so obvious to me previously. So that, that, that excitement, that, that genuine yeah. curiosity really drives me. Yeah, I think it's also too like about balance for us. You know, when I remember when I was a personal mm-hmm. trainer, the last thing I wanted to do was work out because I just wanted to get out of the gym. I was there all day. And I think we can spend a lot of our time giving and coaching and facilitating others. And when it comes to us, it's like, let's just watch Netflix. You know, it's the last thing we feel like doing sometimes. So a, a big thing for us, especially now that, you know, we moved and we're in this incredible community here in Austin is to balance it out with a lot of fun and a lot of play mm-hmm. and a lot of things that have absolutely nothing to do with personal development, spirituality, growth, or any of those things. It's not like we 
go to Vegas and like smoke tons of pot and do shots. <laughs> you know, I'm not talking about being totally the other direction, right. but just the fun and the light. Like one night we went bowling, you know, we just, just stuff that gets us out of the, you know, cause working with individuals on their inner child and their shadow and couples, it can be heavy at times. It's incredibly yeah, right. fulfilling and amazing, but we have to, work to keep the, not work, but set that intention to keep the light and the fun in our relationship as well. So that it's not like we're both so exhausted. We just want to kind of just tune out or we're just, you know, constantly in the processing. So that's been a big piece too, is to have that fun, to have our separate lives as well, or our own friends, the things that we do, mm-hmm. um, to, to balance out the intensity that we both deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. 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 yeah very cool. Yeah, I, th- I feel like our kids are in a way a big bucket for us. I know, I was thinking that, that yes. as you're listening, like it's they just keep it so real in the, around here. And the play is kind of like constant with them yeah. in terms of play and still being silly and, and just being outside. And it's just, it's. Um, I feel like our family mm-hmm. is really like what we sink into to mm-hmm. just come back to ourselves. And yeah, it's very earthy. It's very earthy. Yeah, yeah. there's something really sweet and. I don't know. It's a real respite for me yeah. when we're all together. It feels like, oh, okay, I can set every everyone else down, and these are them with my little tribe, and yeah. nothing else to worry about. Yeah. How it many years of marriage good. did you have before kids? Only about a year and a half. Because yeah, we got I married. Decided in I was ready to get married. Yeah, he I was like kids, married, like and now. then like we got married, and then like two days later, he's like, "So I want kids now." <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, what have I gotten myself into?" <laughs> um, <laughs> Previously, I had zero interest in being married or ha- being a father, honestly. Uh, but once I made a commitment to you, it was like in my body, I just in my heart just wanted children. Mm. Yeah. It happened pretty fast. It's yeah. interesting the, the paradox of commitment and freedom, like the crossroads yes. that intersects, right? Like you, you commit to something wholly and fully, and then you feel free to choose anything that previously – it was always the same. I never was going to get married. I never wanted children. Mm. Now, I, I came to that realization before I even knew Christine existed, but there was a lot of deep, deep, dark work to get to that. And it wasn't it wasn't even deliberate purposeful work. It came to me as I was clearing old shit and old stuff from the past right. and old ways of relating to the world. But it's interesting that th- there is such deep, f- profound freedom in commitment. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really That, that to that. me is still a paradox. Yep. It makes a lot of sense, but it also doesn't. For so many reasons. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, so much more is possible in our, it just in my mind because mm-hmm. I have him mm-hmm. in my, in my life in this mm-hmm. way. So I, I know exactly what you mean. And it does feel like the sky's the limit because mm-hmm. we're together in a yeah. way. Mm. How yeah. did things um, shift in your marriage? Cause we're, we're at the point in our marriage where we're just starting to try for our kids, whether it happens or not. Who knows? We don't have control over that. We can only have fun trying. But I'm as we're in that conversation, I'm very curious how your relationship shifted when you when you had your first child and how being parents has impacted your relationship. Yeah. Um the second part of that question, I th- I think it's only made it stronger, our relationship. Mm-hmm. Um infinitely stronger. And I think we're an amazing team of co-parents. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, yeah. and yeah, the first four years, I mean, of sleep deprivation and we, we had kids back to back 22 months apart and, uh, it was a grind, you know, it was hard on us. It was hard 
on our sex life, our relationship. Like, yeah. you know, it's pretty kind of classic in terms of woman's like immersed with babies. Man is like, uh, Hey, you know, and I was very involved as a father. Yeah. I, um, I don't think it was so classic because like, I feel like our version of hard was that we just, we had, a, we were like totally committed to the kids and we'd like high five at the end of the day. Like, okay, we right. made it through another day. Like, <laughs> like we just, we yeah. just, our hard was like, we have very little love for each other. And that was like really sad and really new because we'd always, I think we'd been really yeah. in here. And so, um, it took us a few years to figure that out. Like, how are we gonna keep nurturing us mm-hmm. outside? Cause we were, it was such a, we were just this just like mosh of yeah. people and bodies and, um, but like just the physical exhaustion and yeah. the tiredness, but, you know, we, we, car- again, because our relationship and relationship and growth is a high priority. We, we would find we, a way. We figured know? it out. We, we slowly and, would find our I mean, way back so together. creative yeah. to just how do we carve out time together? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like it's, it's challenged us since over time, like there's now our kids are nine and 11. And so we've been through a lot of different scenarios and milestones. And so it's challenged us to around like work and career choices and time. And I mean, I feel like we've navigated so much Mm -hmm. that, you know, I couldn't have foreseen. Um, but I feel like what's amazing is it's like, we keep, we keep getting to a place that feels even more, it's like, Oh, even more of what we want for ourselves and our family. But, but we definitely have our phases where it's like, what is happening? And like, how are we going to do this? And I don't think I, I don't know if I can do this. And yeah. yeah. What were were some of the ways that you dealt with, um, momentary sense of, um, you know, the loss of self Mm. because now all of a sudden, you know, you've got, both of you have gone from commitment isn't an option to now we're fully committed to now we're having children where you didn't even want children, Jason, earlier, nor nor that level of commitment of marriage. And then then now you're having children and you've got this preoccupation and responsibility to be present in, in the relationship in a different way to yourself, to to each other and to children. How how did you both deal with the 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 micro moments of of oh, I feel like I'm losing myself. I feel like this isn't what I, not, not even what I planned for, but this isn't what I thought it would be. Or even if it was what I thought it would be, still the nervous system's in a bit of a shock because it's not what has been. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like you right. have a whole, you know, yeah, podcast on that lot. topic right there <laughs> for her. Totally. For me, it was, I think, because um, I, I think it was really different for us. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, I felt like I was, had an identity, major identity crisis and loss around my career not so much around like, who am I as a career person? Like I was a therapist and I was running men's groups, but I, I started to, I felt like my ego was starting to get dissolved in a big way and ultimately a good way looking back, but it was very existentially painful. And the only thing that I felt like anchored me was my being a dad. Uh, it, it was like the one thing that I could come back and be like, okay, here I am. Right. I'm showing up. Cause I was staying home stay at home dad really for four years, the first four years of our kids' lives. Yeah. We each worked part-time. Yeah. Yeah. Which was really a blessing to be able to be involved in their, their lives at that time. So mm-hmm. heavily. Um, so that's what it was like for me. 
did that was that did the career did the career transition come from before you were having children or was it as a result of I've got children now uh, and it's it's opened up uh, an area within my own mind and, and heart that I'm not actually interested in this career path anymore yeah good question it was a little bit of both hmm. and there's a there's a longer story here but my business at the time I was I was starting this business or running this business for men really trying to help men and it came all came kind of crashing down in my face it was a major business failure um, is what I went through and that Coupled with a few other things, kind of catapulted me into this. I don't even know who I am. Mm-hmm. Moment in time, mm-hmm. and being a dad was this cool anchor, you know. Yeah, yeah. But there's something about providing and wanting to having a family that that sort of stoked that fire of like, what am I doing? And what yeah, do I, I better get this do? right, and I better get super yeah. clear on what I'm doing. Yeah. Even though I was working and capable of contributing, that that didn't take any. Right. of that away from no. you. <laughs> it's so. interesting what failure or the perception of failure does does to us. I know for me, when I think I've failed in something, whether it's not meeting a need of Christine's or m- missing something in our relationship, like I didn't connect some dots yesterday and it really upset Christine and, and I get hard on myself because I think I've failed because I think to myself, but I do this every day and I'm actually really good at this. This is what I do for people. This is how I serve and help people, but I missed it in our relationship. And then I get hard on myself and then for me, I get into this shame cycle and then that isolates me and distances me from Christine when I'm in in my shadow or when I'm really in that dark place. But it's just interesting. I I find interesting. And sometimes other times failure really inspires me and it really fuels me, right? But it's interesting how it can it can go both ways in such in such deep ways as well. Failure can be such a powerful catalyst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. and shame totally. <laughs> and do you want to just yeah. say something real quick? And then we I got we got questions for you guys. Yeah, yeah. your just your identity thing. I just oh, just just feels, in a sense. Yeah. No, not well, a sense, but it's a the, very important. Well, when Steph, when you were asking about like identity and letting go of sort of like your alone time. I think you were, you were speaking something to that. I, what I found was I, I thought I would, so I was worried that as a mother, I would be like starving for time alone. Like Mm -hmm. I was like, how am I going to meet my needs? Like I finally kind of figured out how to take really good care of myself and that's all going to be like lost or something. I mean, Mm -hmm. I trusted Jason to help me with that, which he still does. Thank God. But I, I felt like when my, when, when I became a mother, I was, I could not get like enough of being with our kids. There was, there was that going on that I was like, I don't want to be away. I'm like so compelled to be with them and be in this like incredibly dependent, intense relationship. There was something I really, that I've been downloading for years about that. That's really healing for me. Mm -hmm. And then, and then there has been like, uh, me just wrestling with being so committed to mothering, but also wanting to keep nurturing my career and just trying to figure out how to, what's, what is my way of that look like? And, and that is like, that feels like total bushwhacking. Like I feel like I don't have very many models for that. And I, I'm always asking women or in the early years, I was like, like, no, tell me what you do. Like you wake up and then what happens? Like, I'm like how do you figure this out? Like you go where, when, and you come home when, and like, I just, I wanted to just, I couldn't get my mind around how I was going to be really true to this desire to be with my family and also not 
abandon the dreams for myself and, and my work in the world that I still had. And so that's, that's just a much longer story, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I'd say that just, again, the partnership, I, as I'm talking with you guys, mm-hmm. I keep thinking like, God, our partnership is everything. Like Jason being so involved as a dad, I, I can't say enough about how that strengthened our family and my, you know, all of our capacity to do more. And so yeah. there's yeah. a lot for just the relationship just continued to be like our, our buoy yeah. in the unknown, mm-hmm. in the total unknown. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It seems like you two are developing a, a really strong foundation for, for family that oh, comes yeah. your way, right? Mm-hmm. As you're, mm-hmm. you're in there working it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Part of do you want to ask your question? I feel like yeah, that, I was, this was just, a, this just came to me before we got on. I was, I'm curious about how you, what it's like for you to, to work together. Cause you come from, you know, different backgrounds and maybe have different, different yet overlapping ways that you see relationship and growth. Mm-hmm. I've listened to you guys talk and I love your depth and how you don't like oversimplify any of this work. <laughs> and, um, it's just, you're very real. And I, I love, I just would love to know like how you, what it's like to collaborate mm. for you. I always like to tease Christine when we ask this question, because I remember at the beginning of our relationship, and it was part of me being gun ho and probably being a little codependent in my, in my codependent self. Um, but I would say to, I would really try and entice, let's, let's do this together. Let's do, because I was very, we were both very clear that we wanted a partner that we could also serve and work together with as well. Before we even met each other, I was very clear about that. In fact, the previous partner that I was with, you know, before Christine, we we had a little bit of that, but it just the alignment wasn't there for so many different reasons. Um, but I was clear on that, you know, well before that. And and Christine was as well. When we first got together, I was a little more excitable about that. And Christine was just whoa. <laughs> and now, and I'm now, very protective. Very what protective. I had built. Yeah. Right. Right. And I also was new, and I, I, you know, I had a lot of shame because when I got divorced, I was already in this world. I already had two books out. I already was kind of known in the very small personal development world, and that was a lot for me to, you know, be like, "Here's this marriage that I talked about, you know, was the love of my life, and now four years later, I'm going through a divorce." So. I was, I was protective of that. I think I was also learning how to be in a relationship after being single for eight years and, and traveling and building a career and working pretty much on my own. I mean, I have Jill who's been with me 11 years who, you know, but, um, you know, we really had our partnership nailed down and, but in terms of my day to day, I was just on my own. So I think that there was just the protectiveness of like, I don't want to bring this out in the open until I know that like we're going to make it. Um, But now we love working together. I mean, we have very, some very similar skill sets and we're also very different. Steph has the fun job of being the dreamer and the idealist and the idea guy. And I have the not so fun job of being the realist and the detail and the spell checking the emails where he's just like in the flow and creating. And I'm like, this sentence doesn't make any sense at all. So in my next life, I want to come back as the dreamer and have somebody else be the realist because sometimes that's not as fun. But what I really love is, you know, he brings such a grounding energy And for me, especially when we do in-person events, I feel so much less exhausted at the end of facilitating because I have, Steph is so good with the embodiment and the physical and the breath work and really holding that masculine energy. 
And so it's really allowed me to not have to hold both of those things at the same time, which mm-hmm. was very exhausting to try to hold that feminine, that mothering, nurturing energy and like hold that big masculine presence wow, at right. the same time. Um, and so it's it's been really fun. And I think that like it's gotten our creative juices flowing as as well. And we've seen how we work together in work there that shows up in our relationship as well. And so we learn a lot about each other through working together. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> now, when you're collaborating like this, do you, it sounds like early on, it might've been a little wonky with your, the way you felt protective, Christine, but I'm curious later on, do you, do, is collaboration come easy now or is it still kind of a journey to get on the same page and like hash out an idea and make sure it's like an hours versus no, this is your idea. And I'm just kind of coming in as to help with it. Like, how do you guys navigate that? Yeah, it's, it's easy. Cause we kind of know our roles. Like I've accepted the fact that he's going to like write something that's 4,000 pages long and I'm going to need to edit it down to one. <laughs> like, you know, I've accepted, <laughs> I've, we've accepted our roles and he knows that I'm going to sometimes be no, And he's going to need to like talk me into it a little more so I can get into that possibility. So Mm -hmm. now that we know who each other is, I don't expect him to be me and he doesn't expect me to be him. Also, also trust Christine's acumen tremendously. I don't doubt it. We may have different perspectives. It doesn't mean I'm not, I'm I'm not going to let Christine know what my, my perspective is, but I don't doubt her acumen. And so if she's coming from a place that is different to mine, I'm, automatically more curious as to why because i know that there's value there i just can't see it in the in that in that moment right i, I tremendously trust her business acumen her her, her ability to ideate and, and, and creativity and and so if i'm not seeing something um i i really do my best to remain as curious as possible i may not get there immediately i may be stubborn at the beginning and take it personally that she's uh criticizing something that i'm doing but that that's never really the case that's me feeling that way so i'm going to come back to curiosity as quickly as possible because that and that's how we were able to iterate very fast with what mm-hmm. we create in yeah. terms of our programs and our teaching and, and our facilitation well and i really have to compliment you on the work that you've done on your healthy masculine because because you are healthy and embodied and confident in your masculine you don't need to like overpower or you know like one up or compete with me no if, if anything if anything i i i Say, oh, Christine, that's what you think. Let's go do that. I immediately trust. I don't. I don't need to question it. I don't. If yeah. I'm really, if I'm really in a place where I completely disagree with something, I'll let Christine know and we'll talk about it. But that's very. My point is, we're very, very aligned, and that's yeah. a blessing that we very we have very minimal conflict around creation or facilitation or delivery or. And again, yeah. I just I really trust Christine's. Okay acumen there but that goes back to what you said about the grunt work <laughs> you know that goes back to yeah. many hours of putting yeah. the work in to, to to have it um but like we really feel like conscious couples are the next guru um i don't like the word guru but i think that you know we're moving out of this model of like there's this one person that you look up to and and or not look up to but learn from and there's so much to be learned from both that masculine and feminine energy and the dynamic that a couple can bring. Because I think one and one is three. You know, you have the wisdom that each of you has, and then you have the wisdom of being in a relationship and this third entity that I think brings even more value than just one person alone. 
Yeah. Right. Well, people get to just, you just transmit your way of being together and that that's, that's a lot of, that's a really important download for people. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, just, just watching you, it's like, I don't even need to maybe know what you're saying, but just how you are together Mm -hmm. probably teaches enormously. So I would agree that that's really valuable. Where I went to grad school, um, the university of Santa Monica for spiritual psychology, the teachers were a couple. It's a Mary and Ron Holnick. And I spent, I, I got two master's degrees there and I was on faculty for three years and I volunteered. So I spent about 10 years in that energy. And I saw firsthand the power of like this mother, father, masculine, feminine, loving couple facilitating personal development work. I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much inner child healing going on just uh, through this positive just projection. Through the pres- <laughs> Yes. Yes. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, when I lead events alone and then I have Ellen come in, it's, it's like the whole, whole room relaxes. Yeah. Right. It's like, Oh, cool. Mom and dad are here. Or there's just a couple that's like sweet and caring to each other. And it's not just all the Jason masculine, Jason doing his thing. It's, it's totally changes when she comes in. So this is, this is inspiring me to be like, yeah, how can we keep, right. Keep doing that more. Yeah. The feedback that, Again, to be very clear, the feedback that we get as individuals is is very heartwarming. The feedback that we get together, though, it is at another level. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. I mean, because I think it touches that place inside. I think everybody wanted a healthy mom and dad. <laughs> like everybody wanted that okay. that family. You know, I think it's just it's it's, it's very innate inside us and when we're in the presence of and even you know when we talking to you guys going on double dates there's something about just being in that beautiful couple energy that is healing same thing for me when I would when I wasn't in a couple and I'd go out with single friends who had done work and were a little more conscious versus those who maybe hadn't and it's a different it's a different feel it's a different energetic so I'm I'm glad to hear you maybe working together more because I think that that's exciting and fun and you know there's so much that people can can really receive from that i remember throughout my years you know john anthony obviously yeah and they've been in long-term relationships um since i was young and they're friends that i've known for 22 23 24 years i remember being constantly uh, the third wheel mm-hmm. in their in their I, I was, they were they're both dear dear friends of mine two of my closest friends in the world and I was always hanging out with them and their partners. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, they're my, my closest friends as well. They're, their wives are my closest friends too. It's just, But there was something just really beautiful about that. And there were times when I wasn't it was I wasn't craving being in a relationship. It was just really nice to be in their energy. And again, that they weren't the healthiest. They didn't have the healthiest partnerships back then. But they cared for each other. And there was a there was a bond there and a love there that was very evident. And I think we all want to be in mm-hmm. that in that loving union of two very different people coming together and mm-hmm. quote unquote making that work and creating harmony from that. There's something very attractive to that to our own organism. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. And there's something really hard to about being around a couple that isn't being good to each other or doesn't even seem to really like each other. It's like, mm. it's hard to even be in the room. Oh, I lived through that now. as a kid for all of my life. And and even now my parents, you know, they're still not, they're, they're not like that. They're, there's still disdain there and dislike and animosity and they're still together and there's still that pain there. Just, obviously I relate to it differently, but as a kid, it's very, very hard. And, you know, I'm not alone. I wasn't alone in that. There's lots of children, many children experience that. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have one question that we get very frequently, and I'd love to toss it to you two, is what would you tell someone who they're in a relationship or a marriage and they're really growing and they're doing the work, but their partner just isn't? The partner isn't interested in the work. They have to drag them kicking and screaming to therapy. Maybe they'll go, but they don't really take anything from it. What what do you what's your answer to that question of like, what should I do if I'm growing, but my partner isn't? Yeah, we get asked we get this a lot, that a lot all too. the time. Yeah. Yeah. And sadly, that's that's the case out there, right? As yeah. there is this dynamic is really common. Yeah. I mean, I have a couple things to say. And I, I often say, um, well, it's it's also important to enroll them through their values into what you're into mm-hmm. and not just, you know, be trying to put your values onto them. So sometimes there is a there is an enrollment process that needs to happen. The person actually just doesn't know and they don't get it yet. They don't see the value, right? And how it's going to help them in their life. Mm -hmm. And that's just true sometimes. And other times the person is kind of on lockdown. And usually the, my answer is more on the lines of like, yeah, how are you going to, how are you going to get so empowered that you leave this relationship? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so it kind of depends on where that person is and how resistant their partner is, right? Mm -hmm. If they just need a little nudge or if they need an enrollment conversation, or if it's like, you know what, they're on, there's no way this is going to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that can really, obviously I think that both people need to be interested in growing. Like, like we said at the beginning, like that if two people are interested in growth and development, they can go a long way. Mm-hmm. So I think that what you're saying is like, you have to figure out, is this person opposed to growth and development or do they just not feel like that, whatever their partner's dragging them to is in the service of the, the growth and development they want to do and, and how can they line that up? Because sometimes, I mean, I, you guys have probably seen it too, where one, a couple comes in and, and really one of them wants to, is kind of dragging the other person there. And, and we, part of the work sometimes is figuring out how, how can this person genuinely get on board with this or not? And, and trying to figure that out as quick as possible, mm-hmm. because, because I think that person, they either, their choice is I'm going to keep growing and leave this relationship, or I'm going to stay here and stop growing. And that, that sounds horrible. Yeah. So, I mean, you, both are hard. What, what's your guys' answer yeah. to that one? No, very similar to that, which, which, you know, we both have deep respect for both of you. So that, that, that makes me feel better. Um, <laughs> but yeah, very, that, that values conversation is very important when speaking in their values. And you know, we're all salespeople. To say, we, you know, I have to sell my idea to Christine if I want to do something. She doesn't understand it or doesn't know it. Like we're all right. we're always selling something. We're selling ourselves in some capacity. But, you know, beyond that, it's really working out is personal growth, is me growing and expanding in my life and in this relationship, is that a non-negotiable for me? Because if that's a non-negotiable for me and for whatever reason, whether it's because you have blocks or whether it's because you don't want to or whether it's because you have different values, you're not on that same train as me, I have to make a decision about, do I want to remain here? And how, how right. what, you know, I don't, it's not tick, ticking boxes or, you know, splitting a line down the middle of a paper and saying pros and cons. And to some level, it's sort of that. At some, at some, that's part of it, right? But that non-negotiable piece is really, really important. It's just so important to me that I have to be in a relationship where we're growing and we're growing together. Yeah, I mean, this, this is the reason for my divorce. Um, mm-hmm. I really, like I got, when we got married, I was still on antidepressants. I got off them two years into our marriage. I was um, going to the University of Santa Monica. I was really diving deep into personal development. And it just wasn't his thing. And 
I also did a terrible job in enrollment. I criticized and judged and analyzed him and told him what he should be doing, which I never recommend to anyone who wants to get their partner to wake up. And I think that's what a lot of people do. It's like, read this book. You should do this. You know, you do this because your dad never told you he was proud of you. Yeah. And it's, it's not, I learned and all that did to him was push him away. And he felt judged and he felt separated and he felt like I didn't understand him. And, and I wasn't really walking my talk. Here I was talking about how great personal development was and I was connecting with all these people at grad school. And then I'd come home and judge him. It's like, well, if this is really working, wouldn't you be nicer to me too? You know, all this love and acceptance thing, (laughs) like, don't I fit into that equation? So I think that a lot of people have personal development awareness and therapeutic awareness, but not quite the embodiment of the changes yet. And when we're in that awareness phase, it's very easy to look at another person and point out all their things that they're doing wrong and spew information we learned from a therapist or a book or whatever onto them rather than going, okay, like I'm just learning all of this. And even though I have the awareness, I need to allow it to embody in me. And the shifts inside of me can be that enrollment for the other person. You know, I generally tell people like, just keep doing the work and keep shifting and keep being more of that love and more of that acceptance and know their inner child wounds and do the thing to them that you want done to you and see what happens. And if nothing shifts, then you have a decision. Either you have friendships where you share those values with, and that's part of your life that and you do other things with your partner, like maybe you love to golf together or you love to travel together or whatever, you just know it's not going to be there. Or the relationship has reached an expiration date and you know your values have gone so far apart that it's not serving either one of you to leave. But it's a tough situation. Having been in it, it's a tough situation. And that's why my number one non-negotiable with a partner was someone who not only was open and willing to the work, but had done a big chunk of his work because I didn't want to start in kindergarten with somebody again. Right. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I would add, there's, I love all that that you both said. And there's um, just one more ad is like the work for the person who's wanting their partner to change is how can I accept you as you are? And if they genuinely do, Oh, I accept you. Then it means I don't need you to change. And if you can actually accept someone, then you're free to leave. Right. Because you accept that they may never change. So it's like, cool, this is my permission to now mm. move on. Yeah, I've done what I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's okay. It's okay. I, it's okay to move on. It's not, it That's doesn't right. mean that I hate this person. It just right. means that this isn't the life that I choose to live for myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. So as we wrap up here, I'm curious, you know, we, this has been a tough year for so many couples, so many families. I think a lot of people have had more stress on their plate than ever before. Um, I know several couples who have completely different feelings and reactions to COVID. You know, one person is okay with going out and being, you know, wearing the mask and being cautious. And the other one, like lockdown, don't see anyone, stay in your house. And that's created conflict. So I'm curious how it's been for you all and your family navigating this year and just trends you've seen with relationships and couples during this year in terms of like the the, the consistent things that seem to be coming up in relationships now that so many external dynamics have shifted. Mm. Yeah, cool. Let's all answer this one. That's great. Yeah. I think for us, the first few months were very challenging in terms of we had to renegotiate like 
this whole structure of our lives because our kids were home and we both, you know, we're, when we work, we see clients, we can't like be like, hang on, let me help you <laughs> with this thing. Like yeah. it's like, can't be interrupted, you know? Yeah. And so we had a lot to, it was very stressful for me. I'd say, I think you handled it way better, but I think I was, I was spinning out about like, I, I felt overwhelmed mm-hmm. with it all. And I felt like we had, there was so much more we had to talk about and discuss and just dis- so many more decisions mm-hmm. and everything that you took for granted, you had to read like, mm-hmm. well, should we do this or that, how that, or how mm-hmm. we do that. And so I felt a lot of fatigue and mm-hmm. I just felt like I was kind of afraid and just like probably just hard to be around <laughs> and like just snappy, you know, just all those things for like a few months. Yeah. And then summer came and I, I feel like we've been resetting mm-hmm. since then. So like, I, I feel like we've, for us, it has not been hugely disruptive in our lives mm-hmm. because, because of our flexibility and our work and our relationships with our kids and who our kids yeah. are, like it's, we love being together. So it's, in a lot of ways, it's been gentle on us. I'd say so. And for, for us, it was it was a challenging few months, I would say. Right? Yeah. In the beginning? In the beginning, toward midsummer, mm-hmm. And then I feel like we slowly started, like, grabbing the steering wheel again and being like, oh, this yeah. is work for us. <laughs> right. This is how, this way. This like, is how we want Just it. kind of the, the dealing with stress and then going into our corners of the house or just going into parenting or logistics. And so I, I feel like it was hard on us. And for us, that's still really a good place. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like even when we're not doing well, we're doing pretty well, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we don't, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, we've also had many blessings and many beautiful, amazing, amazing experiences as a family, um, together and mm-hmm. new things are sort of emerging with you and I. And yeah. so I feel like that it's also been some pretty fertile ground, you know, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. a lot of transformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd, I'd say this other part for, for the couples that I see, it's been all over the board. Some couples have been like doing so well because they finally don't have all these transitions to navigate. They can actually be together more. They can take the time to communicate like things have settled in their lives. Someone was traveling all the time and now they're not. And mm-hmm. so I've had some couples just like they're like off and running in such a cool way. And then others that are just usually the ones with kids at home and two parent working parents and just the amount of intensity there. Or the other, the other thing I've seen is like, I mean, most of my couples are already working on stuff when they come to me, but it seems like the, the shutdown since no one can go do the things they would normally do to blow off steam or feel better or take care of themselves. Like the, whatever shit a couple isn't dealing with is like, it's just right there. It's like now is a time to deal. And so mm-hmm. it's really accelerated some people's urgency around like, we need to, we, we're not okay. And we need to get okay. And like, Oh my God, there's all this stuff we haven't, we've just been kind of running ahead of and been busy on top of. And so I, I love that, that it's forced people to look at things, but I think those couples would say it's been really hard. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen that in individuals and couples this year has been a big lift of the rug that people have swept years and years and years and years under. And it's like, okay, here it is. Like we're not putting this rug back down for a while. And just when we think we can put it back down, it's like another wave comes and another thing this year. And it's like, okay, more. And I feel like this year has been a very triggering year. I mean, we're lucky. Like our life didn't change that much. Not having kids, I think made this easier we, right before COVID, were traveling for four months, just the two of us, like in a gazillion different places. So we were used to spending a lot of time together. 
um, sometimes in small Airbnbs or hotel rooms. <laughs> so that part was was easy for us. I actually loved not traveling. I loved being grounded. I loved the, the time we had just to slow down. Um, and it it like programs came out of it and we got more creative together, which was good because we could really hold space for more people who were challenged mm. by everything that was going on. And I think that that's why, again, we're so glad we had that difficult time and we did that work and we we aren't afraid to look underneath the rug. Pretty much our crumbs are right on top of the rug. Like we're like, all right, there's our shit. Are we going to deal with it or not? And I really want to, again, acknowledge my husband because he he will like sit in a conversation until we get to the other side of it. You know, sometimes maybe we need a little space, but it's always negotiated. It's never like storming out of the house. And and right. I think that's where a lot of couples got really confronted is because there's no place to go. Yeah. And so people <clears throat> either chose to fight or just hold everything inside because they wanted to quote unquote, keep the peace. Right. So I feel like there's a lot of couples right now really struggling because they're even though, you know, they were forced to look underneath the rug, like they haven't wanted to really go as deep as they probably need to go because there's so much other stress in their life that they're just trying to maintain it all, especially couples with yeah. kids. And my concern is there's going to be a lot of repressed stuff. And mm. so that's why the work that all of us are doing is so important right now is like giving couples those tools to have these kind of conversations yeah. so that you can really use this time. Cause I think yeah. it's, there's such momentum for healing happening right now in the world. And you can really, really use this time to mm -hmm. get closer, even mm -hmm. though it, it might be kind of messy and hard yeah. and all of those things. Like right. this is a beautiful time to set the foundation for your relationship, your family, everything. And, you know, I find we have times in our life where we have a lot going on and things are stressful the stronger our relationship is, the easier that stress is to navigate. Absolutely. We're just a better team. It's like a team yeah, that yeah. plays well or a team that loses, you know, right. <laughs> based yeah, on the mindset. You don't feel so burdened and overwhelmed yeah. and alone in, in the journey. And you, you can you actually can see where you can move into a moment of reprieve or a series of moments of reprieve that give you the opportunity to deal with it in a more effective yeah. way. But when there's too many resentments build up, it's like you don't make a very good team. Oh, man. Right. It's, you got, it's, you're stacking the odds against you. Right. Know, and putting, putting Band-Aids over like these gaping wounds. Yeah. Just Particularly when work. home is, is quote unquote meant to be a sanctuary, but then you're living with people that you're despising or projecting that rather, that despise or that anger, and you're not happy with yourself. So wherever you go, you're not happy. And that that intensity just keeps building and building and building. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, blessings to all the people out there struggling. I know. You know, yeah, I know. You, anyone listening just finds a, a little grain of uh, inspiration here. Yeah. yeah, and you you can get through it. I think as long as you have two willing people. Totally, I'm with you. You can absolutely get through mm -hmm. anything, and um, it's so it's so important to be willing to you speak our truth, show our vulnerability. Mm -hmm. You know, that's been a big thing for me in the relationship is I often am afraid of an argument or I'm my coping mechanism, you know, hand up to being on antidepressants for 20 years is suppression. So I'll just mm -hmm. like hold it inside to keep the peace because I'd rather suffer than, you know, silently inside right. than have a tornado or have somebody be mad. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's really been my work is like speaking yeah. up and not letting those things burn because or build because then I just start collecting evidence against him and all of a sudden, you know, it just all comes out at once, which yeah. doesn't go over where. Well. <laughs> <laughs> He's not open to that. <laughs> so. Sometimes. Just depends. <laughs> depends. But my point in all that is, I think for anyone listening, know what your coping strategy is. Like, know, are, are, do you hold everything inside? Are you a yeller? Like, what is the thing that you do that creates distance in your relationship? And how can you just be aware of it and take those little baby steps to start to like close that gap? Because Mm -hmm. what what I always try to remember when we're in an argument is we're on the same team. Like if I'm fighting to be right, we're both going to lose in this. And we want the same thing. We want our marriage to be great. We want great communication, great sex, great fun, all of those kinds of things. So whenever I'm in an argument, I'm like, why am I fighting with this person that's on my team? Like, Right. Uh And it's always our arguments always make us better. We always learn something from them. So I tell couples that, too, like, don't be afraid of arguments. You know, Mm. I love what's his name? John Gottman. Is that his name? Um, Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Who says, you know, a healthy relationship isn't based on how much you argue, but how how quickly you repair. How will you recover? Yeah. And so I think that there's, you know, to people, don't be afraid of arguments because they, they can make you better but that's right. for our next our next episode when we talk yes. about conflict <laughs> right. yeah conflicts required actually if you want to have a great it is because so. you need to experience repair it's an, it's essential to mm-hmm. building the, the strength in the mm-hmm. relationship so mm-hmm. you have to go through the the mess the mess a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. well thanks so much guys it's really a joy to yeah. hang thank out you. and connect like this yeah thank you thanks for being such an inspiration of both relationship and conscious parents and creating mm. a new mm. a new family dynamic. Um, I mm. think that that's, that's really, really important right now with everything that we're going through is raising different kinds of kids. And, yeah. you know, we yeah. all see in all of our work that childhood woo, definitely yeah. impacts us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and thanks for being a, a great example, a strong example out there of a, a great partnership. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Our pleasure. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah.